I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. So one of the big things that we don't talk about a lot here on Astro Radio Z happens to be action movies. While you've listened for many years now about my love for 10 cent, low budget, monster, gore, sleaze flicks, you haven't heard a whole hell of a lot for my undying love for shitty 10 cent 80s and 90s and sometimes 70s low rent action flicks. Uh, Ever since I discovered Bloodsport. Back in the day, Bloodsport and Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon probably more than just about anything. I fell in love with movies where dudes kicked each other in the face repeatedly. <laughs> just just something I've always, always loved. And um, what can be better, really, than taking a love of movies where dudes kick each other in the face in monsters? And what do I mean by that? I mean... Movies where they take characters like a zombie and make him a cop (laughs) or movies where they take a wolf, a werewolf and make him a cop. Or sometimes they they take a maniac and make him a cop. (laughs) (laughs) You get the gist here, folks. You get the gist here, folks. Tonight we're going to be talking about quote unquote cop movies. The hybrid genre where you take a policeman action procedural and mix it with the most cockamamie thing you can come up with. Now, we have a full list of movies we're going to be talking about here tonight because I at first when I when I put this out there to uh, my contributors, to Astro Radio Z, uh, there was a couple movies that obviously came up. Glenn, who's with me here tonight. Immediately said Wolf Cop because it's probably one of the bigger and most recent high profile, quote unquote, cop movies that have been out there. But also there's the the classics like Samurai Cop, which is probably one of the greatest shitty movies ever created on the face of the planet. And then William Lustig's classic 80s flick with Tom Atkins and Bruce Campbell in it called Maniac Cop. But we we put together these three movies. We're like, oh, yeah, those are the obvious ones. And once you watch those, you're kind of like, what else is out there? And boy, the moment you dip your toe into that lake, it becomes an ocean and you get swallowed up in ridiculous bullshit like Demon Cop and Cyborg Cop and Karate Cop and Omega Cop. It goes on for fucking ever. So tonight, we're going to talk about these shitty cop movies. I already introduced Mr. Glenn Bittner. Glenn, how are you doing? Are you through with watching cop movies yet? No, because I haven't seen Wolf Cop 2. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for that Wolf Cop 2. I know. Gimmick. So I'm not through because I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, and then, it, then it's all over. What if they announce a Wolf Cop 3? Oh, man. I mean... 
I'll, I guess I'll have to come out of retirement. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Wolfcock. God, I love that movie. And last but not least, Mr. Scott Davis has decided to join us for this cop gimmickry. Scott, how you doing? The name is Davis. Scott Davis. Oh my gosh. Oh my I gosh. To, I have to do it. I have to do the karate cop line. Come on. Oh my gosh. Karate cop. <laughs> this is like, oh boy. Uh, I'm not done watching cop movies either because not only was there like such a, um, as you know, they might say in uh, Three Amigos, a plethora uh, available of the cop movies. I couldn't even get to them all. Some of them I couldn't get to them just because I didn't have time. And some of them I couldn't get to because I started them in like 10 minutes in. I was like, nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> There's a lot of those, man. Holy crap. But, some, like, but a lot of these I watched, and I got to tell you, I've been in a really bad rut movie-wise lately where nothing's been inspiring me. Nothing has been making me happy. Uh but, you know, best I can get is like maybe like, you know, as they might say on the hustler scale, like a quarter hard and that's it, you know, uh, and, <laughs> you know, no, that would be saying you save that rating scale for the poor parodies episode. No, no fully erect here, just a quarter. And uh, but like, I got to tell you, a couple of these movies, which I'm sure we'll talk about, got me really excited again. So much that I just started like live tweeting them. I don't do tweet live tweets, but I did for these. I'm like, oh my god! And then this happened, and this happened. <laughs> so oh no, this was, a, this was a this was a fun project. Well, it's it's funny how every once in a while, I'll put together one of these um, one off episodes that aren't tied to some franchise or tied to some ongoing series of episodes that we have going on. Which it seems like everything I put on Astro Radio Z now becomes some long standing series that we have to go on for like years <laughs> doing. Um, but the moment I decide to do one of these, I don't just watch like one or two flicks. I end up watching like 15 or 20 in the span of a, a week. I mean, the sh- same shit happened when we did the Night of the Living Dead exploitation episode oh, where I nearly rough. killed myself watching endless Night of the Living Dead ripoffs. That was um, rough. That was rough. But this last week, if you haven't noticed, every time I attempt to laugh, folks, um, it sounds like my lungs going to fly out my mouth. Um, I, I caught a really bad cold. And f- this last Friday, I took a sick day. And I basically didn't get off the couch all day long, and I watched nothing but cop movies Um, in preparation for this episode. I thought, oh, man, I'm going to refresh myself. I'm going to watch Maniac Cop. And then it just kept going because on my Plex, I have a ton of cop movies. I mean, there's something I'm a sucker, and I want to know, Glenn, if you're the same way. I'm a sucker – for a silly title and a silly box cover art. What what is it about these movies that draw you in? Is that what got you about Wolf Cop? Is it the silly concept or what is it about the cop genre that pulls you in? That was a little bit, but it's also, I mean, I grew up watching Dirty Harry and the Death Wish movies and, you know, all those Vigilante and cop movies. I just kind of, just kind of what I grew up with, and I just kind of, 
it's stuff I watch with my dad, so maybe there's a bit of nostalgia to it as well. But I don't know. It's just something about cock movies, cock movies, cop movies. cock movies. These you're, you're thinking episode, of the wrong episode, episode here, Glenn. That episode's coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we can, we come close to seeing Robert Zadar fully in uh, Maniac Cop. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something about cop movies that I've just kind of always been drawn to, and I think it just goes back to watching, you know, the, the I guess the five like, return more serious cop movies, you know. But be- this is way before you had, you know, ninety eight different cop dramas on TV. Right. Yeah, uh, Scott. What did you? What brings you into this? Is it kind of like the the hybrid concept of like bringing in strange exploitation elements to the procedural that kind of draws you into this? I've I don't know I think it's a couple of things I think I I always liked movies that you know blended genres together and uh, the action movies they always tried to do that uh, you know it wasn't you know and the horror I guess they did it too it's not just a horror it's a horror comedy and then you know it's not just a horror it's a horror musical and action films they tried to do that a lot because basically every other B movie from well, basically, practically any B movie from like the 80s and 90s, if it was not a horror movie or a sex comedy, it was an action film. Oh, yeah. And the cop movies were big because uh, for one thing. Nowadays, we're and we've kind of gotten a bigger, you know, outlook, kind of more well-rounded outlook where, you know, you don't have you're not necessarily anti-cop, but like, you know, you're it, 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 a lot of. The spotlight has been put on like thing, real clear cases of like police brutality and such, where you realize like a lot of those movies that you grew up with, you know, it's like, hey, he's a crazy guy and he's a cop who doesn't play by the rules. And that's makes really good for if like if it's a movie in real life and you hear like, hey, he's a crazy guy who's a cop and doesn't play by the rules. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Lock your fucking doors. Don't go out to your car. Oh, my God. We're going to die. You know? But, you know, and so, like, it was very much a product of its time to do these movies and to come. And when the job was kind of a little more sacred, I mean, Maniac Cop was basically shining a spotlight on that and was kind of was kind of provocative, if you look at it, for doing that. But it's uh, probably the most serious of all of these movies. Oh, yeah. That we're going to probably talk about. Tonight. Usually, I mean, like, hey, you're a cop. That means, you know what? That means you can be a professional kickboxer and it figures into your job. You know, <laughs> so like all these movies came out. So I've always liked movies that were like that. And these were very much a product of their time. Another thing is, is that uh, I liked it because it seemed this episode, it seemed a little bit more um, lighthearted and fun. I've kind of grown a little bit burnt out on like straight horror recently, especially modern horror, because it's just so downbeat. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there's there's exceptions to the rule, like Get Out, for instance, recent movie, great movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's usually it's a lot of the stuff has just been so downbeat and everything. This was an opportunity to like watch something that was a little fun, breezy, kind of a throwback for a while. So. I think it was a, probably a combination of those two things. The opportunity to get a little bit of relief from the morbidity of, of it. And also just kind of like remember this time when like if you did this today, you, you would be able to put a movie out called Demon Cop, 
with a, you know, hairy, bad-masked, like, monster in a police uniform, and you'd pick it up on the shelf and say, oh, yeah, that's supposed to be a serious movie. Today, you could not do that no. without thinking, oh, it's a spoof. No, well, it's all, we're, we're too self-aware now. We're a it, little, yeah, exactly. We're too self-aware. That's what I was looking to say, is that we're too self-aware, a little too plugged in. Uh, so that you cut, and I'm not saying the thing, times were better then, but you were allowed to let a lot more slide, you know, and, uh, it was, it's kind of nice to revisit that every once in a while, just as long as you don't live there. All these people out here, tripping off of police brutality, like this shit is something new. Give me a fucking break. I've been talking about this shit for over 20 years, and now you can kill a motherfucker just because of how he's dressed? Are you fucking serious? Shut on my black hoodie and pull up on my head. I didn't have a gun, so why am I dead? You didn't have to shoot me, and that's a known fact. And now I'm laying face down with bullets in my back. Shut on my black hoodie and pull up on my head. I didn't have a gun, so why am I dead? You didn't have to shoot me, and that's a known fact. And now I'm laying face down with bullets in my back.
Are you hip to the fact that the greatest actors on earth are Corey Feldman and Linnea Quigley? Do you realize that Jim Wynorski and Neil Breen are the best directors? Then Junk Food Dinner wants you. Junk Food Dinner is the schlitziest cult movie podcast on the internet. Each week, three schlitzies each pick a movie and then relentlessly argue about them or occasionally lovingly agree upon them. Find us on your app of choice or online at junkfooddinner.com. I'm releasing these files to the public today. Hey there, kids. Do you want to hear a show where a bunch of guys sit around in a comic book store and talk about comics and uh, lifestyle choices, uh, other goofy things and shenanigans they get up to? Then you When need... have we ever talked about comics? Usually it's people sitting on my lap and riding the struggle bus. That's true. It's mostly shenanigans. <laughs> uh, but occasionally we talk about comics. And if you like any of those things, comics, shenanigans, Devin's lap, then you need to check out Snake Oil Comics with uh, me, Travis, and uh, my beautiful co-host, Big Dev. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and snakeoilcomics.com. Do you like horror movies? So do we. Fucks is the lie, balls yep. out. Just his tongue out. It on out. She yeah. was great. Do you like American Horror Story? So do we. There were some butts. Yep, pillins. Yep, butt. Yep, pillins. Butt. Yep, pillins. If it's over 90% cheek, that's your butt. You see the essence of the butt. Are you into vampires dancing in mesh tank tops? Us too. I was mesmerized by the mesh tank top and leather pants. Are you into high-minded film critique and discussion? Because we've got that. And it is beautifully filmed. Like, it really... Just the stark contrast of colors, like you said. Not your thing? How about a dick joke? His dick, dude. He put his yeah. dick in a fucking pig. Come on. We've also got one dude to give dude perspective. Zombie apocalypse is no time to have your head in the pussy clouds, Mickey. This is survival. <laughs> Thank you. So head over to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen, and subscribe to The Bloodlust, your go-to podcast for a classy broads and a token dude talking horror. I just like to relax during entertainment. <laughs> Let's start talking about some of these ridiculous fucking movies that we watched here. And let's start off with William Lustig's Maniac Cop. Now, Glenn, had, you, had this been the first time you seen Maniac Cop or did you check this out back in the day when it came out? Oh, I saw this back in the day. Saw it back in the day and it was we used to do uh, towards the end of college. We did it once a year. We did a Bruce Campbell Film Fest thing. So this was always in there. <laughs> So I've probably seen Maniac Cop seven, eight times at least. Maniac Cop, probably out of all of the movies we're going to talk about tonight, is is far more straight-laced and far more serious. It's almost a slasher film. Um, it's basically a cop procedural where around the, the streets of New York City, there is some rogue vigilante cop who's killing anybody that gets in his way. And unfortunately, Bruce Campbell gets tied up and accused of being said cop. But then we end up finding, no, it is a quote unquote dead cop that has come back to life to kill anybody that wrongs them. And uh, that dead cop, the maniac cop, per se, is Robert Zadar, 
the infamous Robert Zadar from Samurai Cop. <laughs> it's funny how he made it into a few of these cop movies. Um, you, He has such a unique look to him that he is so perfectly suited to be um, Cordell, the, the maniac cop in this flick, because he's so intimidating and so scary and so fucking huge. Scott, talk to me about Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop, basically, somebody read uh, the Judge Dredd comics that had Judge Death in them, and they said, you know what, we can twist this around into something with a that has a very, you know, socially relevant message. You know, you mentioned William Lustig, and absolutely, you know, if you ever want to recapture New York City of that era, there's two places you go, Abel Ferrara and William Lustig. Yeah. They knew it. I mean, they, they weren't trying. They didn't even have to try. They just like you got a feeling like this is their world. They live there. And it's a wonderful world that I loved and I miss, even though. There were a lot of casualties involved in that world. Um, you know, it's a one. It's a. It was a, an incredible place in time. The only other movie that ever comes close to being as amazing a picture, depiction of New York are Taxi Driver and a film from 1980 called Night of the Juggler that I've been recommending everybody watch. You mentioned William Lustig. Another important thing to mention is Larry Cohen. Now, Larry yep. Cohen. His scripts are always. It has one foot in two worlds. On the one side, it is like just total schlock, total cheese. Uh, it's so ridiculous. It's so goofy. On the other hand, you're really dealing with some serious issues. And so you got, oh, my God, a lot of these cops aren't. You know, here was a cop who was a Superman. But wait a minute. Was he? You never really get a clear picture was he a really righteous cop? You got an idea that he was in for the like believed in good things, but that he may have gone too far. You never got a clear picture of was he justified or not. The movie never gives you an answer of the original crime before he died, of course. Right. Because you know? because the ideas for our listeners is that he was locked up in prison, killed in prison. And then and then came back. Um, he was locked up in prison because instead of arresting people, he just shot first. He shot first. He shot first and he was involved in like an investigation. So you don't know like what the thing. But did he go too far? Was he justified? The movie never tells you. And what does this do? People see a guy person in a cop uniform. They trust him. He starts killing them. People all of a sudden they don't trust cops anymore. And they start interviewing people on TV and you see. A lot of, say, like African-Americans are saying, like, I'm, it's what I've been saying for years. You know, you can't trust them. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's like, holy. I mean, to say that today is a, you know, a controversial thing to bring up to say it. It's oddly relevant today. This movie is oddly relevant, relevant today. Very relevant. And to say it in 1988, this movie's almost 30 years old. Uh, and then you see the actual like real police cops, you know what they're doing, you know, and we're used to seeing them like, oh, it's they have to deal with bureaucracy and they drink hard. Well, yeah, you also have people who are just tired. They're washed up. They have no relationship. You have uh, 
the Bruce Campbell character who has a very plausible marital problems and he's having an extramarital affair. Uh, lots of really interesting little nuggets that Larry Cohen always puts in these scripts. If you're really, you know, in fact, if you, if you look at, at another movie, uh, I did an episode, uh, of my show on, uh, also directed by Lustig, written by Cohen, Uncle Sam. It's basically the same movie, but with soldiers. It, ha- it really straddles the fence between, you know, camp and schlock and social commentary. And it really does a great job about it. And it winds up with where you have a really entertaining movie. And at the same time, you're kind of like looking at it and thinking about parts of it afterwards and saying like, huh, this movie went there. That's really amazing. Well, in, in comparatively so to the rest of the stuff we'll be talking about, this was a far more serious movie. This oh, yeah. wasn't nearly as campy or schlocky as anything else we're going to talk about tonight. And I, I saw a lot of remnants from his other 80s work like Maniac mm-hmm. and like uh, Vendetta or no, not Vendetta, Vigilante with Fred Williamson. Have you seen that one? I still need to see that. I wonderful. Hear, flick. I, I hear it's amazing, and I hear it's ama- also amazingly violent. <laughs> yes, wonderful flick. There's there was a time in Lustig's career where he was putting out these movies that were so tonally similar, and that he was really like putting everything into. Now I can't really go on and say that the other two Maniac Cops are nearly as good as the first one, um, but the first Maniac Cop is definitely that it's like you had said very socially relevant it actually is pretty creepy it's shot well you don't really see robert zadar's face you just see this hulking imposing figure and most of the people because he is dressed as a traditional old school cop go willingly straight up to him uh looking for help and then get their fucking necks ringed uh glenn what do you think about Maniac Cop in general? It is definitely not campy. I would, I really wouldn't say it's campy at all, um, which is odd to say about you know kind of a, a cheaper movie that has Bruce Campbell in it. I believe you said it's it's more of a slasher, and that's kind of what it is. It's just that you know instead of it just being you know like a Jason or something like that, it's a giant freaking former cop. Yeah, it's kind of very similar to a Jason Voorhees character. And I think this is during the heyday uh, of a lot of those 80s slasher icons. And I, I don't know if they necessarily were looking to put out uh, another uh, slasher movie like a Friday the 13th, but I'm sure that's why, you know, there was another two of these churned out was that it just came around a time when those kind of like indestructible killing machine movies were in vogue. So if you're you're into that kind of stuff, I would definitely. I think all three of us can safely say Maniac Cop was was a thumbs up. Oh God, Scott, yeah, definitely. Glenn, what was the one you wanted to bring in tonight? Wolf Cop. So Wolf Cop is story of an alcoholic cop named Lou Garou, which I love because of the fact that Lou Garou is basically werewolf in French. The the Lou Garou was a werewolf, also known as the Rougarou, and uh, he basically is kind of a sad, depressed man but uh, becomes a werewolf for uh, basically because of the occult needs him as a werewolf, but uh, he's not going to then stop him from becoming basically a better man and a better cop. I, this, it was just, it was so, the concept alone was enough that it drew me in. 
I'm like, all right, I will check this out. Um, but man, it's just so campy. I mean, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I really did. I, I, it's it's of a lot of these these kind of cheesy, corny, campy cop cop movies. It's one that they, I think did a really good job on because it it they just didn't go for the the instant. Let's just shoot it as quickly as cheaply as crappily as we can because we just have some idea. I don't know, man. Just I just liked it a lot. It's it's super fun. It's one of these high concept ridiculous campy self-aware horror comedy flicks that i thought really delivered scott were you a big fan of of wolf cop when it came out i liked it quite a bit i'll admit that it wasn't i wasn't as nuts for it as everybody else seemed to be but because the setup took so kind of took me a while i'm like it's a bit rough going at first but no i by the end no i was totally on board with wolf cop i thought it was a lot of fun it's been it's been i haven't seen it since it first came out i'm sorry to say guys but uh but when i saw it i thought it was i was really good yeah oh i bought the motherfucker sight unseen blind (laughs) by i was just like you don't gotta you don't gotta fucking toss that thing in my cart or anything you can because i'll buy it but you don't gotta push me too hard to buy this thing you got werewolves you got cops. I'm in. Yeah. It's as easy as it gets, man. I'm in. And uh, the way they did this thing was if you're if you're a fan of trauma flicks, obviously you're going to love this fucking movie. It, it's shot in the same kind of tongue in cheek, over the top style of some of the latter era trauma flicks like Terror Firmer or like uh, Citizen Toxie and stuff like this. It felt very akin to those kind of movies. The humor is it. Ranges from gross out to some actually pretty clever humor that feels like it wants to pay respect to the 80s and 90s um, hybrid cop genre, but not have to be so pop culture referency that it's constantly winking at you about it. Uh, the, the humor works because they're actual jokes. And they're they're not just references to something else, which a lot of these throwback movies are. And that's why I hate most of the fucking throwback movies, because it's like, oh, hey, this is from the 80s. Laugh. Oh, right. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I hate that shit. In Wolf Cop, there's none of that in Wolf Cop. It yeah. just takes a feeling and makes a movie like that. It's like, hey, we liked these kind of movies. Let's just make a movie like that. And not have to constantly make wink and, and uh, nudge you, letting you know that's what we're doing. It's just the kind of movie it's going to be. And I loved it. The special effects, while hokey at times, I personally love the transformation scenes in this movie. I, that's one of the more original ways I've ever seen a werewolf be transformed. Glenn, do you like the transformation scenes in this one? I do. Uh, it's much better than me melting into a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> from a, a oh, I'm not going to wow. bring up again. Um, <laughs> I had almost forgotten until you brought that up, man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of fans of our how our howling retrospective series, boys. So oh, they'll all that. know what you're talking they, about. They know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So um, no, I I do I do like like the transcription, and and I am I am as far as your classic. Uh, movie monsters go. I mean, I'm a werewolf guy. Some great practical effects, man. The thing that didn't work for me is that there's not a sequel yet. 
that I can watch. That's coming soon. <laughs> Another wolf cop, which will more than likely the artwork will be the artwork for this episode here. So, which is, which is a wonderful, when I told you before how it doesn't sit and point and say, Hey, this is something from the past. Uh, the sequel artwork totally is that because <laughs> they just basically recreated the Cobra poster with the wolf cop. So let's just hope the movie is not that I hope, I hope it's not, but who knows? Who knows? Well, they, well, it's, the same pe- it's the same people though. So it shouldn't you be like to think that they got more in their up their sleeve because the first movie really felt like a setup movie. Definitely go check out wolf cop people. These are two maniac cop and wolf cop are probably going to be the best ones. We're going to talk about tonight. Let's move on to the rest of the shit we watched this week, folks, because I don't know exactly what everybody all watched, because I think we we kind of just jumped in the pool head first. And uh, didn't we just kind of said, hey, I watched this. Oh, I watched this. Oh, I watched this. Oh, I watched this. So let's throw out some more. Uh, Scott, was there one in particular you wanted to bring in tonight? If I have an opportunity to talk about a movie, I'd like to say Cyborg Cop. Okay, let's because I also watch Cyborg Cop and I watch Cyborg Cop 2. I have not seen the second one yet. All I needed to know was Sam Furstenberg, the immortal director, Sam Furstenberg, that my listeners should know from Revenge of the Ninja, Ninja 3, The Domination, and tons and scores of amazingly shitty action movies. American Ninja. Oh my gosh, there's a number of American Ninja movies that he did, yeah. I believe. Oh yeah, he's 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 fantastic. He's fantastic. And I want to say that Revenge of the Ninja oh. was the first was like the first action movie he did. I mean, he that had done movie. a couple he had done like a couple movies like basically for you know, like I think they were even Israeli movies or something. Uh, and then he, they just said, "Oh yeah, we need you to do Return to the Revenge of the Ninja and he did it and even my friend Austin from Film Geek Central does his does his own podcast currently doing one on the films of 1973 plug um, it's a great podcast I've been listening he, to it he is so critical about films like from technical prowess you know I've been basically like teasing him and like poking him like just wait till you see a Jess Franco movie you're just gonna want to kill yourself <laughs> because he's so tight and even he says that is a fantastically done action movie not only is it fun and schlocky but I mean every, the entire a- end action scene on the on the rooftop is like just perfectly blocked. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I got to, I, uh, I, before we get too far into cyborg cop, I got a, I got called bullshit. <laughs> Revenge of the Ninja is one of the worst made movies on the face of the planet. Really? You think? I think oh, it is a pile awesome. of fucking horseshit. <laughs> I like it. Well, I mean, it doesn't the- mean it doesn't mean I don't like it, it but it is a fuck. It is one of the dumbest pieces of shit I've ever oh, seen. It's dumb, but I'm like, it's well, the fucking main ninja. With you, know, uh, <laughs> you can see his fucking mustache through his goddamn <laughs> ninja. He's <laughs> like, it's like Ron Burgundy, fucking ninja. 
<laughs> so you can't tell me this is a great fucking movie. There's dudes with tomahawks. There's gangster. There's like uh, street uh, toughs with tomahawks that are Native Americans that are totally <laughs> white dudes in red face. <laughs> Show Kasuki, who maybe is five foot two at the tallest and maybe in platform heels, <laughs> is killing everything. This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> telling me fucking Revenge of the Ninja is, is expertly crafted. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't say Revenge it was of the Ninja. Hey, I did not say it was expertly crafted. I said it was. <laughs> Like well, like done, like as in like edited and everything like that. That's that's. Oh, what I'm, that's, I'm like that's horseshit. You need to go watch that movie no. again. <laughs> it's schlocky as hell, though. It's oh my god, I love that movie. Dad, one of my favorite movies, but man, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about that one. Clyde, have you seen Revenge of the Ninja? Yes. <gasps> and, and Scott. <laughs> Are your eyes brown? Because you are full of shit. <laughs> Man, I mean, I've, I've seen it. It's it's a fun movie to watch, but it's awful. That fucking mustache, dude. The ninja has a goddamn mustache. <laughs> All right, we're going we're going way off track. Let's get back to Sam Furstenberg's Cyborg Cop. Sorry, sorry to go off there for a second, Scott. But that was that's some cockamamie bullshit. Trying to trying to get past me that Revenge of the Ninja is some great fucking cinematic masterpiece. Oh, son, <laughs> I didn't say it was a cinematic masterpiece. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I just I lost my voice going off on fucking Revenge of the Ninja. Oh yeah. A DEA agent leads an elite team into battle against an international drug cartel. It's going to be like taking candy from small children. But what agent Philip Ryan finds there? is more dangerous, more devious, and more deadly than any drug. Allow me to present a K3 prototype cyborg assassin. Left for dead, Philip Ryan is about to live again. Half man, half machine. Kill him. His mind now controlled by a madman. You see, it works just perfect. Now, renegade agent Jack Ryan is the only man who can save his brother. You stay out of this But to rescue Philip, Jack must destroy an unstoppable soldier. Part Robocop. Part Terminator. And all Demolition Man. Cyborg Cop. Yeah, it's Cyborg Cop. I think this was not done by uh, Canon or even the 21st Century crew. It was done by New Image, which I think was like uh, Avi Nesher or something like that. I don't know. They put out a ton of stuff at that time. Yeah, it was like that mid 90s period where they were doing like really they were basically picking up and filling the void that Canon had left. It's a fantastic movie where this guy again He's a cop who doesn't play by the rules. He shoots first and asks questions later. And he 
kills this per basically it opens with a guy waving a gun around saying i want my mommy which is a wonderful omen for any movie right and <laughs> he winds up shooting this guy who winds up being like basically like the heir to the future's answer to william randolph hearst so the guy is after a lengthy court court trial that newspaper headlines inform us that he was sentenced to self-imposed exile audience say that out loud <laughs> sentenced to self-imposed exile see if you see the problem in that in that statement we'll wait okay you got it it makes right. as much sense as any fucking thing else you're you're gonna say afterwards right i mean that just love i just lost it that i said i said oh this is gonna be a treat he goes to this uh third world country which that's like a caribbean nation but it looks a lot like the florida everglades i thought it was supposed to be jamaica it was no. It's supposed. They said like some Caribbean country. Saint, they didn't, it's like Saint Keith or something like that. Yeah, they didn't say it was like, like they, it was like a made up country, you know, that they did. You know, kind of like they used to do with like the Iron Eagle movies. You know, oh no, there's missiles. There's a dictator launching missiles from Stanistan. You know, it's like fake. <laughs> it, was like a, it was like a fake, fake country, so they wouldn't get into trouble. You know, in case they tried to market this overseas. Even you though know? everybody had dreadlocks and we're everybody listening was, to reggae, everybody had just as listening to reggae and had uh, Jamaican accents. Out of all the Jamaican accents on this show, including one. Uh, straight to video movie that cost probably cost about $200 to make not one single Jamaican accent worse than the shit that uh, Philip Michael Thomas tried to pull every week on Miami vice around the yeah. same period. That stuff mean, whew, that's a revelation anyway. But I mean, like it, it's just, so he goes to this country because his brother is like on this, like, task force to take out like drug dealers or some shit doesn't really matter and the and the there's an ambush the team gets wiped out and the brother gets taken hostage by john reese davies who, oh with, the, who with the help of nazi scientists are making an army of cyborg warriors which are amazingly cheap looking it's basically like a bad plastic fake muscle mold over their chest and basically picture, picture and, if you went to walmart and it, it was halloween time and you got one of those kids outfits where it's just like a onesie <laughs> yeah and, and you wore that over top of your body and it just had slight robotic elements to it that's yeah, and, what the cyborgs look like. Yeah, and of course, you know, then then you know, grab like about you know five packages of that like white makeup that you can just like put over your face to make you look like really pale and dead and stuff. And it's really nothing more than that. That's the thing. The cyborg cop in this movie is not the good guy. It's the bad guy because he gets turned into the cyborg cop, and then his brother, who is incidentally played by David Bradley, who you might remember as the 
other American Ninja. The American Ninja they got for part three when apparently Michael Dudikoff was too hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let that one sink in your head. <laughs> this guy, David Bradley is so unlikable in this movie. It's amazing. I just, I kept wanting him to get shot by just about anybody in this film because first of all, he's obnoxious. He has a tear trigger temper and like starts beating up these yuppies who are telling him what happened to his brother a yes okay now the yuppies come back later because they have to make them into bad guys but they don't know they're bad guys at the moment a they didn't have to tell him anything what was happening to the brother it's not really justified for him like just like kicking the shit out of him at first but he does it he'll kick the shit out of anybody at a moment's notice he meets this uh photojournalist later on alana <laughs> shaw who um who uh when i was live when i was live doing this i did it on facebook and and uh twitter uh eric spudik came up and said that's the same girl from double impact i'm like holy god it is um <laughs> her main acting quality was that she had humongous breasts she had humongous breasts but she but she, okay so they he meets her he is so skeezy to her immediately just awful sleazy yeah but the the thing is she doesn't she puts up a fight for like one scene yeah and then basically wants to jump his bones almost immediately after oh it's awful they try to do this like weird like bickering thing like there's a romantic comedy going on in the background and it doesn't work at all uh (laughs) so they're big they're bickering they're fighting they're and then they're fucking basically The, the main thing aspect of this movie that I, if anything that I, I could say is that, as you can tell, the plot is sort of convoluted. It nothing fucking happens in this movie until the last 15 minutes. There's little to no cyborgs. The only cop in this movie is really David Bradley, who looks like a fucking poor man's Richard Greco. Yeah. And and really the the titular quote unquote uh, cyborg cop who's his brother is he's in the movie for all of 40 seconds. I know, but here's the thing is like even though nothing is happening it's never boring because there's always like constant action going on like a dude gets his uh gets punched through the head. John Reese Davies is really hamming it up so much that you, you just kind of look at it and say why didn't they just get Brian Blessed? He's basically doing Brian Blessed, you know. You gotta wonder how much money they pissed away on the on the cast alone. Glenn, what did you think of the cast in this fucking thing? Yeah, I think that's the only thing they spent money on. <laughs> <laughs> that and probably the catering for John Rice Davies. <laughs> this I rented this from uh, the video place by my old apartment right after I got out of college. I remember they had so much bad fucking movies they're like a whole floor of them this thing is so cockamamie i mean it is every cheap uh foreign action movie you'd ever seen with with a, a an american actor as the lead you know the guy who's just going to kick everyone in the face and win the heart of the girl and save the day it's so generic yet so strange and so fucking cheap that it is, like Scott said, oddly charming and engaging. There's no plot to this fucking thing. 
it's amazing. The there's you know I'm going to give a little bit of a spoilage going uh, in that the c- cyborg cop they appeal to his innate humanity and David Bradley and, and the cyborg cop eventually start kicking ass side by side where the cyborg cop says back in action and starts kicking but that's his breath. brother remember the reason why they're, they're working together is because they're brothers they're brothers right but these but they get that they you know that they're like teaming up and it's got this really bad bit where he tries to give him like you know cpr but he opens up his chest and just sees like this the bad plastic plastic uh, muscly chest plate. Oh my god! Yeah, if he touched it, it would have been obvious that it was just a bad. It would, plastic it would, it would have dented plate. if he put his thumb on it. It would dent it. <laughs> if you guys remember, if I don't know how many of our, uh, I don't know if either of you guys or if anybody out there in our audience has ever watched the show Community, but if you ever watched that show, uh, two of the characters, Troy and Abed, always loved this movie series called Kick Puncher. A, yeah. si- a cop so- who is made into a cyborg, and now, and now, his punches have to have the power, have the force of kicks. <laughs> yeah, man. And when I saw awesome. that, I, when I saw this, I'm like, this movie. Like, I mean, no, like it was like an amalgamation of a lot of the movies from the era, but more than any other movie I've ever seen, I've said. This was a huge inspiration for Kick Puncher, that ongoing joke they ha- had going on episode after episode. I, I basically watched Kick Pod Puncher without realizing it. Really, the movie just kind of ends. It just kind of ends. And surprisingly enough, Cyborg Cop 2 has more cyborgs. It's basically the same setup, only it's not his brother. It's a different cop. That gets killed, and they start making more sophisticated cyborgs that look equally as shitty. And uh, it has even less plot than Cyborg Cop 1, but at least the last half hour of it is just straight up cyborg destruction, where David Bradley tries to roundhouse kick his way out of an army of cyborgs destroying towns. At least in Cyborg Cop 2, there's no awkward love interest, but there's also no no boobs in the Aww. movie whatsoever. I thought Cyborg Cop 1 was a lot more fun, even with the more action of Cyborg Cop 2. Cyborg Cop 2 is just, it's nothing. It's uh-huh. really nothing. I mean, you could watch it and probably enjoy it, but I watched it on double speed on YouTube, and it still was, man, there's nothing going on in this fucking movie. Well, maybe, so, maybe you know, in Cyborg Cop Three, in which they couldn't get David Bradley to be in it, or Sam Fur- <laughs> uh, Furstenberg didn't direct that one either. No, he didn't direct it, and they got Frank Zagnarino instead. <laughs> like just like really working their way down. Oh man, maybe there could be something that's in that. Saying I don't know. something. Seeing how <laughs> Cyborg Cop Two or Cyborg Cop One was a a work down from any other action movie I'd probably ever seen. Uh, I, heard, yeah. I heard they use a lot of the stock footage from Cyborg Cop in other movies from that new image studio. And all I could think of was like, this was one of their more um, ambitious and successful productions. In other words, is it was so cheap. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Boy. Unbelievable. So Cyborg Cops. 
if you want a good laugh, I think Cyborg Cop's probably a good way to go for laughs. But that's just about it, Scott. Your your overall impression? Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it so much. I know I recommend it to just about anybody. I mean, seriously, this is my wheelhouse. I love. It was a constantly entertaining, and even the parts that made you mad made you mad in an entertaining way. So, no, that I I give a full recommendation to Cyborg Cop because half of it it's it's always entertaining, and sometimes it's entertaining because it's fun, and sometimes it's entertaining because it's so terrible. But it is always entertaining. It, no, I get a full throated recommendation here. Yeah, it's uh, that's how I would describe most of Sam Furstenberg's flicks. Yeah. Um, other than Cyborg Cop, we watched a flick called Karate Cop. Yes, with, starring <laughs> Ron Marchini as a, a middle-aged a middle-aged man. The only way you would know that he is a cop is because he wears a, a freaking baseball cap that says Special Forces on it. And it's a it's a chintzy uh, 10 cent Mad Max ripoff, a post-apocalyptic. It kind of takes a lot of cues from Pune Cyborg, to be honest. A um, little bit. Well, uh, with marauding hordes and uh, desolate urban landscapes that have been all kind of bombed out. And a lot of people living off of uh, each other and like fighting for survival and things of this nature. And um, Ron Marchini, or the titular karate cop, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, he basically is wandering around Mad Max style with his trusty old dog. Oh. And they just happen to stumble upon a turf war where this group of kids and their den mother are they harbor this transportation device. And the the city's uh, gang lord, who looks like a fat wasteland version of Guy Fieri, <laughs> uh, is is trying to take over the transportation device for some unknown reason. And Karate Cop wanders into this situation and somehow gets roped into trying to find some secret crystal to help the transportation device work so that they can they can get out of there so shitty guy fieri won't kill them all and uh <laughs> this movie right off the bat is action from the get-go it's brainless there's very little dialogue none of it it means anything it's just another excuse to put this 55 year old man into another kicking frenzy um, it, it is seriously you said cyborg cop you thought was really super fun i thought a karate cop was ridiculously funny and it was just non-stop shitty action for my book i thought karate cop was a hell of a great time for a 10 cent fucking shitty action movie um, you watch this one, right, Scott? Yes. In fact, I live tweeted this too. That, that, now it's two live tweets. I have only ever live tweeted two other movies in my entire life. Uh, Street Quarter Justice starring Mark Singer a few couple of years ago and Birdemic were the only other two movies I've ever live tweeted because I don't I don't do that. I don't even like tweeting. Um, but I'm like, I had like I know my brain. It, it, it can't keep up. It needs to process this somehow. Yeah, it, it can't. I, I can't 
process it without like getting it out there immediately. I mean, I can't even write it down. Like, no, it has to get out somehow. Um, and so I did this too. This was, first of all, I was shocked to discover that it was a sequel to a movie called Omega Cop, which I have not I never seen. knew that. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I did a search because I said, well, wait, who the hell is this Ron Marchini? And I see he played the same character at Omega Cop. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's a sequel. <laughs> it's a sequel that no one asked for. <laughs> which doesn't surprise me why the movie just kind of starts off. There's like yeah. no explanation or preamble as to what's going on. It just all of a sudden the 55 year old karate cop shows up and starts oh, kicking people in the face. It's amazing because it starts out and it starts out with like these two women and they're uh, trying to run away from these mutants with really bad putty face makeup, oh, you know, and um you know, at the beginning, I was like getting really excited, even though I kind of knew better from like the uh, the uh, a poster. There was this woman. Uh, one of the two women was just starting to kick ass I'm like, oh, man, I hope she's the karate cop. But she wasn't. She got killed nope. right nope. away. She's not old enough to be the karate. But cop. The karate cop comes out like here he comes. And I swear to God, OK. Last week, I had to go get some boxes at, at Home Depot. He looked like one of the random worker helper workers that was like walking the aisles of Home Depot asking if anybody needed any help. He, he just comes out in this sleeveless <laughs> outfit with a baseball cap. <laughs> you realize what you just did now, right? You realize I've got to have to Photoshop fucking Rod Marchini with a fucking <laughs> Home Depot worker outfit, right? <laughs> D- all you have to do is add the badge at this point. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was, he's, he's just the most non-imposing person. And remember, he's not the Kung Fu cop. He's not going to do any like, look, I'm sure he could kick my ass. Okay. I'm not saying he's a weakling. Okay. But <laughs> um, he's not going to do any like amazing Jackie Chan, Jet Lee. Uh, Tony Ja moves or anything like that. He comes out and he does like those bad Chuck Norris roundhouse kicks. You know, he he does a few flips like Steven Seagal. But I mean, yeah, it's not very impressive. It's basically people walking up to him and him either flipping them or kicking them. And yeah, that's because he'd probably throw his back out if he did it. <laughs> It was really bad. It's just like the most non-imposing. Like, it's like, dude, your dad is kind of kicking the shit out of those mutants. <laughs> it's this. Oh, God. It, you know, it, and it was so it's a very low budget movie. As you said, Guy Fieri totally was the villain. Bad putty face aliens. The transporter, of course, you know, you know, the transport. Uh, it's like a, it's like basically like a pod that they would get into like uh, from like Cronenberg's The Fly and they, they would zap them somewhere else. But it looks like basically like a platform that you would see at like some sleazy strip club that the dancers would just get on. You know, the, the kind that couldn't really afford to protect the dancers too well. So it's basically just like a railing and then like some sparkly lights around it. <laughs> and one of those chintzy ass fucking digital signs where you could type in whatever you wanted to what, and it would scroll across it. That was the voice of the computer, which would always tell you how, because every time they would try to do anything in this movie, everything would try to self-destruct and then it would never self-destruct. 
and then Ron Marchini, because, you know, not only is he karate cop, he's also a hilarious individual. It made made all the dad jokes about how no nothing ever worked in this world. It's a, it's amazing that you could have the same reaction to like the self destruct of a building that you would have like when your lawnmower does, <laughs> and you can picture this being like the total like lawnmower. I, I I think that if he did a third one, it would be like lawnmower cop. You know, like no, get off my be, lawn, kick, kick, kick. No, it, it would be wheelchair cop. <laughs> Well, there's now there is a martial arts expert who is older that was in this movie l- yep. just long enough to get him above the title billing. David Carradine in the part of dad. Who uh, obviously was looking for some money to to help out his heroin addiction. At the oh, time. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to like a cast dispersions on David Carradine, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he had a few bar tabs that he had to pay off. At but time. You know, I, I think David Carradine's film choices cast enough despair. In the exactly. You know, he, the, the filmography <laughs> speaks for itself. I'm not going to go there, but uh, he shows up, you know, and he was in a lot of B movies at this time, but I mean, he was usually headlining them. He was either the villain, like in the martial law movie, if I remember, was he was a villain, and then he did like those Future Force movies for eight for Action International. Yeah, and he, of course, basically any time Concord asked him to show up, he'd, he'd do it. You know, um, he was doing a lot of that stuff around this period. But he in this one, he's in it for like three minutes. He, he looks so strung out in this movie. He looks well. I mean, that's part of it. Part of that is his character. And part of that is I think that he just got up like that. He didn't bother. It's like what makeup? Nah, fuck it. Let's just do this. You know. And he goes in there. He feeds uh, the co- karate cop. First of all, the bar is called Dad's, even though we see the sign on top clearly says Jackass Junction which totally should have been the name of the bar. He feeds him a bowl of his rabbit stew, which he basically feeds in like a small cauldron. I mean, it's this huge, biggest <laughs> bowl of stew you've seen in your life. And then tries to kill Karate Cop, and Karate Cop kills him, and that's that's it for Dad. And it was like a basically a plugged-in spot of where – they had stolen his bike and it was just a way to eat up like five more minutes of screen time. Yeah. There was, it had nothing to do, had nothing to do with it, but it was able to say Rob Marchini and David Carradine, somebody you have heard of in karate cop. <laughs> Man, Glenn, did you happen to get a chance to check out karate cop? I did not see Karate Cop. Oh, oh my God. Karate Cop, man. I swear to God. You, karate need, to see, cop. you need to see Yo-Yo Girl Cop. So, what no, is oh, I've seen you. Cop? No, I've seen Yo-Yo Girl Cop. Okay. It's so been, Glenn, I mean, what is it's it? It's been years so, yeah, it's, that I've seen it. It's, it's the thing we haven't touched on is is some of the the Japanese ones. Yo-Yo Girl Cop is basically it's a girl who's a cop who uses steel yo-yos. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this one for a while either. It just it just kind of popped back in my head as we're talking about this stuff because I, I first thought of Tokyo Gore Police. Oh, and yeah. it made me remember this one, Yo-Yo Girl Cop. Yeah, it's just, it's it's not good, but it's fun. Oh, my God. I'd almost forgotten about that movie. Yeah, that movie, that's a movie that uh, when I was working at Video Oasis, I uh, that we were still getting in, you know, halfway decent exploitation films. And we we're getting a lot of uh, films from Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan and Japan. 
and we got in Yo-Yo Girl Cop. And yeah, it's it's nuts. It's one of those things that tries to have it both ways. It tries to be like the, you know, schoolgirl, you know, cutesy crime fighter movie. But it also tries to be like the gritty, gory, like action, like lampoon, like kind of like Machine Girl was almost, except nowhere near that dark or gory, if I recall. And yeah, she uses these yo-yos that, correct me at any moment because it's been like almost 10 years but they like light up and she uses them and she like kicks the shit out of people with this yo-yo yeah but she's like in like a like a either a god she's in like some kind of like out one of those uh outfits uh throughout the movie girl outfit it's kind of like a yeah kind of like a cross between like a schoolgirl outfit and like a a martial arts outfit it's well, not it's like it's, it's like a black outfit if I recall oh, it's 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 one of, it's like no it's well yeah she she's got she's got like the the full black bodysuit for some of it but then other parts of it she's wearing like the uh, it's like that kind of like sailor schoolgirl yeah yeah oh wow yeah. it's, it's basically it's, yeah the premise is basically like there's uh, terrorists, terrorist bombers are like hiding in schools and she has to infiltrate the schools and, and stop the terrorists. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. I'm telling you, some of these movies, these cop movies, these hybrids are just so ridiculous. They pull me in with concept alone and Yo-Yo uh, Girl Cop sounds great. I watched one in this deep, is, along I- with the women cop version called PMS Cop. Oh yeah, oh. and let me tell you, I was actually sort of excited watching this, as excited as you could get watching a movie called PMS Cop. Uh, to check this out because it looked like it was going to be just as silly as Wolf Cop was, but um, it in fact is probably the worst movie I've watched all year. Um, and what? world would you imagine a movie titled pms cop that its main plot would be about a cop that gets taken and used as a laboratory rat for the entire duration of the film uh what yep so the the story of pms cop is essentially the this uh lady cop her partner gets killed and then she goes off the deep end And she gets taken and then experimented on in a lab. And then in that lab, she is turned into some hybrid killing machine in which she then kills everyone in the lab. And that's the end of the movie. It also wasn't like a different was it a different actress? Yes, it was a completely different actress. Yeah. Which he turns into the quote unquote PMS cop. It's this movie was so fucking bad. It won. It was very low budget. It was obviously very low budget, but it had nothing to do with its title at all. It has this text crawl in the beginning that says we don't acknowledge that PMS actually exists. Like they try to play off like this is going to be a, a big kind of joke towards um, what its subject matter is going to be, but it has nothing to do with it, it whatsoever. I have seen this movie. Um, I saw it when it first was released and how it was released was that uh, Charles band 
uh, on his full moon direct service, decided to restart a uh, wizard entertainment, you know, the wizard from video from the eighties. Uh, and he said, the way I'm going to redo it is that people submit your movies to me, your independent movies. And a few of them will, you know, pick up for distribution. And those ones that we pick up for distribution will release on our streaming site. And that'll be the ones and he did like three of them. I don't think he ever did any more than that, which is too bad, but one of them was PMS cop. And so I watched it on that when it first hit, because it sounded great. I mean, it sounded hilarious. You know, PMS cop, it's her time of the month. Okay. You're going to hate this. Cause I did not hate the movie. <laughs> it's garbage. I, 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 as a, as far as like micro budget movies go, and this really does obviously have a budget of just a few thousand dollars. Uh, 30,000, according to IMDb, I'm thinking that's a little too high. I don't think it costs anywhere near that amount. Um, And uh, it was a lot more serious than it looked. It wasn't funny at all. Like at the beginning, it tried to be really silly. But then it's just nothing more than a cheap lab science movie. It got really kind of very serious towards the end. And... uh, it kind of had a little bit of action and a little bit of horror in it. I just remember thinking that the second half of this movie was a lot less fun than the first. I think the main thing about these movies are is that I want to see a hybrid of something goofy mixed with an action movie. That's kind of the point of all of this stuff that we've been talking about tonight is that taking two things that necessarily have nothing to do with each other and putting them together. And when you hear something like PMS cop, you obviously think that you're going to get some ridiculously overbloated kind of like gross out female comedy. Right. Right. And, and I was really hoping we'd get something like that. I I even, you know, I knew it wasn't probably going to happen, but I was even kind of holding out some hope that we'd get kind of some postmodern feminist action horror comedy, which was those um, those those you expectations. Kind of PMS cop. Yeah. Those, yes. But because <laughs> in, in this day and age. In this day and age, because what did I say before? You pick up a movie with that today, and you think this is going to be cheesy. This is going to be tongue in cheek, just like I said towards the beginning of the show. Uh, Well, those ambitions were way too high, obviously, for this movie. I didn't hate it, but I remember being a little bit let down by it. Uh, Not not quite as much as you, but it's not what I was looking for. At all. No, it it definitely it gives you a different impression of what you're going to get than what you actually get. Yeah. It's an absolute bait and switch. And uh I think the last movie that I'm gonna bring up tonight uh with some of this is J.R. Bookwalter's Zombie Cop, which is probably the lowest budget film we'll be talking about. I mean, I tried watching another one called Demon Cop. (laughs) <laughs> which uh, if you it, the patreons the astro patreons heard me kind of talk about it a little bit where the covers i'm a big sucker for cheesy covers of films and demon cop has this really ridiculous picture of a dude that's in this monster mask and he has jerry curls and i'm like oh 
a monster with cherry curls. I want to watch this movie. <laughs> and I, I started it and it is just, it, it's gotta be in the top three worst things I've ever seen. It, it barely, it felt like a movie that somebody had a bunch of footage laying on the cutting room floor that they decided to do something with and piece it together with ADR. Well, that it is would, a little bit of what it, that is a little bit of what Fred Olin Ray wound up doing with the movie, yes. which is how it got released. I tried watching Demon Cop. I think we all. Tr- don't do- I think we all tried watching Demon Cop. Yeah. <laughs> how far did you make into Demon Cop? Hard to say because I kind of stopped paying attention almost immediately. <laughs> It, and, oh. and was cleaning my desk while it was playing. So I, I think I maybe made it 15, 20 minutes before I just said, I don't know what's going on. And frankly, I don't even care. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's I'm, that's how far I made it into it, Scott. Uh, five minutes, maybe five oh. on Demon Cop. Yeah, I, I tried. I saw the opening. OK, obviously, he got in Cameron Mitchell on his lunch break. To do like a, oh, for the cheesy, intro? a cheesy intro. That and I'm the watching, best part of it. And I'm watching the credits. I'm like, okay, obviously I can tell that they went over. They just went over the existing credits and added yeah. on the extra people. Yep. Uh, and then the movie started and I'm like. Whoo. Ah, you know. I was diagnosed with chronic depression. <laughs> I am not a mentally well man. I don't know if I can take this movie. And I turned it it's, off. <laughs> it's rough. This is, this is a challenge. That I turned I'm it off. I Astro Zombies. If you can actually make it all the way through Demon Cop and it's on YouTube, so you can watch Sober. it for free. Sober. If you can make you it through it, it and send me a recorded review of it, I will play it on air. And I got to figure out some sort of prize for you because you got to make it. You know what? You got to make it through it sober, too. You can't just have like somebody like like drink like, you know, half a bottle of Jameson or like smoke a bunch of weed. And which case you'll get through anything. You know, it's got to be. No, you got to get through it stone cold sober. And if you can do it and remain with all your mental faculties, I think you probably made it through the most, Derek. You said you made it through like 20 minutes or so. But I was sick and I didn't want it. The controller was on the other side of the bed and I didn't want to reach Exactly. That's exactly what I thought was probably in. Like, that's why you made it that far is that you were so ill. It was like, this is torture, but it hurts to move. (laughs) Is it worth the pain of me going across the room? There was an instance. Yeah, there was an instance (laughs) where Amanda walked into the room and is like, what are you watching? I'm like, they're like, Honey, Demon save cop. me. <laughs> like Demon cop. And then she looked at me. She's like, oh, and then walked out of the room. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, come, come back. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I put that challenge out there to anybody that it, it actually prove maybe since uh, take snapshots of themselves watching the entire movie or like Prove to me in some way and post them on the Astro Radio Z group that you've watched the entire thing of fucking uh, Demon Cop. 
there's I got it. I'll I'll get you on the show and I'll give you I'll give you your uh, your five minutes of fame to sit and actually tell us what that movie ended up being because I tell you I ain't gonna ever fucking finish that thing. But <laughs> but back to Zombie Cop by J.R. Bookwalter back in the bad movie Police Days. Uh, it's a shot on video flick, only an hour long, about a cop and his partner who have been after this voodoo serial killer called Dr. Death for years. One cop gets shot and killed during an altercation with Dr. Death, and Dr. Death dies, but puts a curse on the cop, and the cop comes back to life as a zombie and uh, then decides to uh, go forward because Dr. Death has come back to life as well. And he, he looks kind of like a mummy mixed with the cop. And then for an hour, they just run around parks <laughs> and playgrounds <laughs> and in the woods and shoot at each other. That is what this movie is. It's like if you want to watch a shot of video uh, movie of a guy that looks like a mummy cop running after another guy that looks like a dime store voodoo priest running after each other for an hour. That's what zombie cop is. Uh, Scott, you watch zombie cop? Yes, I did. So, uh, so the movie is basically just two dudes running after each other for an yeah. hour. Oh, it totally is. Now I want to say that I, this is the first time I finally saw the movie. Uh, years ago. I mean, like we're talking like, Oh God, over, Oh yeah, definitely over 15 years ago. Um, mid nineties. Uh, the, one of the best DVDs I've ever seen to my, to this day. I wish I owned it. I didn't, I rented it back in the day at Hollywood video. One of the best DVDs I've ever seen was the DVD for Witch house Two: blood coven, which was uh, directed by J.R. Bookwalter. And it had this wonderful documentary, about Tempe Films, the J.R. Bookwalter's company. And mm-hmm. this is the first time I had heard about it because I, at that point, I had not yet seen uh, Dead Next Door. And, um, oh, man. And it went through the entire history of basically his entire filmmaking career up to that point. And he, there's a few movies on there, one of which was actually also an extra on the, uh, the, the DVD, uh, Galaxy of the Dinosaurs, where he goes through this series that he had made. He had basically been contracted to make a series of straight to video movies around this period. And some of the movies that he talks about doing in the past, he says good things about, like he says good things about, uh, ozone and the Sandman and polymorph. Mm. But when he had to talk about, uh, zombie cop, robot ninja and uh galaxy of the dinosaurs like in the documentary he said no those movies are terrible i disown them and he'd even have things where he after he described the movie and they described like the making of the movie because it's like this huge like two-hour documentary on this shit he'd say here's what to do with your copy of zombie cop and it would show something like a steamroller rolling over the videotape <laughs> or like them setting fire to it. Yeah. You know, it was basically to say, no, even he said as you know, I know I've made some shit, but this is really bad. And, um, 
it was that's what was my first exposure to zombie cop i now years later get to finally watch zombie cop and i had seen galaxy of the dinosaurs so i'm like oh yeah that was super cheap it was super bad i was kind of enjoyable but not on purpose this movie was way more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. I agree with you. I think, honestly, its biggest detriment is that it's an hour long. Mm -hmm. If it was probably about 20, 30 minutes, I think this would be much better suited. Because it's it's so padded with running around. They just Basically, it really is. It's just such padding. It is just these two people in bad costumes running around. And then every now and then you have a who weed super offensive <laughs> Indian stereotype <laughs> at a who works at a convenience store oh. and has the full turban and everything like that because they don't care. Is he Indian? Is he Middle Eastern? We'll offend everybody <laughs> in one fell swoop. And, uh, this movie, oh man, yeah, it's a, uh, it's funny because it stars uh, Doctor Death is played by James Black, who is in, um, he was in Ozone, which was a mm-hmm. good Book Walter shot on video movie, and who he's not good in this. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> it, it was really funny. I mean, it, it it was just, it was basically, you know, if if. Basically, the time was perfect for me. I have had I go through periods of insomnia. I'd already watched a few movies at that night, and I had like done some dicking around the house and trying to get prepped for things. I've got a move coming up, so that's been heavy on my mind. It was like two thirty in the morning. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get to sleep. I'm like, okay, what's something short that I can watch? Well, I can either watch another episode of Space 1999 on Hulu, or I can watch Zombie Cop. Either one would have given me the probably the same amount of enjoyment. <laughs> I'm telling but you, man. Zombie Cop was just it was it was fun. I was basically just watching these two people run around a public park, and they were shot on this bad video equipment and. It was a it was one guy in a police uniform and gauze chasing a guy in a dime store voodoo outfit, like you say, doing a really bad. I guess it's supposed to be a Haitian accent, even though it comes off as a Jamaican accent. And once again, not as bad as Philip Michael Thomas. <laughs> and <laughs> It just wound up being a, this goofy, fun movie is uh, I wouldn't be terribly proud of it either, but. Eh, I don't think it deserves the Steve Roller treatment. No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think Robot Ninja deserves that either. And I actually have Robot Ninja on the block for a potential shot on video episode Hmm. we'll do soon because um, I think that's a movie people need to see if they're into that kind of shot on video stuff because it's a pretty dark fucking movie. But um, Zombie Cop is is fluff with a capital fluff. It is, there's nothing to this fucking thing. I, I, I think if you like cockamamie shot on video stuff, you'll find something in it to enjoy. But man, it literally is. You could watch the first 10 minutes and then after that, just kind of have it on in the background because mm-hmm. all it is is two dudes running around. So zombie cop will, that'll be the last one we'll talk about tonight, folks. 
Uh, maybe sometime down the road. If you know any cop movies you would like us to watch that you, we have excluded, please get a hold of me at Astro Radio Z Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter or at the group, the Astro Radio Z group on Facebook. Get a hold of us. Let us know some further cop films that we should enjoy. Because I'll be honest, I really had a good time, even though most of these were kind of shitty. I had a really good time to get into this stuff because it's so ridiculous. I love movies that take two things that shouldn't go together and mash them together and attempt to make them work. It just that's exploitation at its finest. So for me personally, I love these types of flicks. So bring more on. I'd love to talk some more cop movies, but that'll be it for tonight, folks. So this is the point in the show where we shamelessly show the fuck out of you. Mr. Glenn Bittner, where can my listeners find you? You can find me uh, on YouTube with the BMW Bunker and Guy in the Bunker Productions. Uh, you can find me uh, with my other gaming podcast at GNCast.com for the Adventure Party. And uh, with the difference tonight, you can also find me at times on the Spoiler Room podcast uh, at Special Mark Productions. Mr. Scott Davis. You can catch me at uh, Moviocrity.com. Also check out my uh, web series, Moviocrity, at Vimeo.com slash channel slash Moviocrity. And next episode will be episode 90, folks. We're 10 episodes away from 100 here on Astro Radio Z. And next episode, episode 90, we'll be going back to John Waters. We'll be talking about John Waters Pecker. Not his dick, but the movie Pecker. So stay tuned. And uh, I'll kind of drop drop the hint that um, episode 100 is going to be the first commentary episode we'll do for the regular Astro Radio Z. We're going oh. to be talking about Orgy of the Dead, all the Astro zombies that come on the show. We're going to get together, we're going to drink, and we're going to watch Orgy of the Dead and basically talk shit the entire time or have fun or whatever because it's nothing but boobies the entire time. So <laughs> look forward to episode number 100 coming up soon. But next episode, we're going to be talking about John Waters' dinghy. So until then... Enjoy them cop flicks, folks. Gacula! Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, YouTube, and anywhere that podcasts are found. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. 
You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and email us questions, concerns, or just general chatter at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. Coming from me, Derek Carey, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Cock it up!